Hey guys, and welcome to this week's edition of the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. I'm back from the Darwin Festival, and now we're going to be moving on to lots of different subjects, lots of different people I'm going to be speaking to, and you couldn't get any more different than the subject that I'm covering on today's show. Today's show, I'm speaking to Chris B., who is um, taking part in a rap battle competition in um, in the butter market on the 15th of uh, March, and it's going to be a huge event. They've already got, uh, they, he reckons, around 600 to 800 people planning to come. It's one of the first of its kind um, to be coming to the town, which is really great. I mean, like, if you think about uh, any kind of music or any kind of creativity, you kind of got to give people that, that room to breathe if it's their genre of music. And uh, so I'm, I'm all for this. And we, I'm going to spend the next hour on the show talking to Chris and my my uh, my my friend from America, Tom, um, about about rap music, what music means to people, and uh, what this can actually bring uh, to the people of Shrewsbury. There are still tickets available to buy. Um, you can go to don'tflop.com uh, to find tickets. Uh, they're around fifteen pound, but you can also buy t- uh, pit tickets for twenty pound. I think he said on the door, uh, because there's so much uh, interest, so many people going, they kind of had to up the price on the tickets. Otherwise, the place would be full. Uh, but it's, it sounds like a very promising event, and I, I wanted to talk about that for, for this week. It just uh, it, it adds to the kind of flow of this show, to be honest. I mean, there's so much going on in this town uh, that, uh, you know, I, I thought it'd be really relevant to cover it. Whether it's the Darwin Festival, the Cartoon Festival, the, Bel- the Bellevue Arts Festival, the Comic Salopia Festival that's coming soon, or the Flower Show, you know, there's so much going on in Shrewsbury and it'd be great to you know let people know what's about and what they can um go to and enjoy and that's where that's where I come into play you know uh so there is something there's literally something for everyone in this town and it's such a beautiful thing and there's even like lots of great little local events i say little i mean there's some really great events that hope happening in small places small proud communities in Shrewsbury that are really making uh, a lot of noise. Uh, for example, I spoke to to Mark Fielden a few weeks ago about an event that he did. Um, he does a, a a charity called Cords Crush Cancer, and he did an event at the uh, the Inn and the Green. Um, that was on the 9th of February. Now I've got an apology to make to Mark because I I said I'd, I'd cover this on the show. I'd do kind of what I'm doing now, um, but with so much going on with the Darwin Festival at the time, it kind of it kind I just I forgot in in all honesty so I do apologize but he said there's no problem he's got a lot of people to thank and so he wrote me something to send um to uh to read out on the show um which is which is what I'm going to do now um he put after after months of planning and preparation the final week before the event saw press coverage in the Shropshire magazine now Shrewsbury and uh, Mark uh, he did his ra- his radio debut on BBC Radio Shropshire um, uh, this extra exposure to cords crush cancer is is what is what it's all about, you know. Uh, everybody kind of gelling together, you know, that kind of same thing that I'm always talking about on this show. Um, the event kicked off at about seven p.m. on Saturday, the 9th of February, with a superbly talented Graham Clues um, entertaining an already large crowd and uh, at their hosts, the Inn on the Green in Radbrook, Shrewsbury. Uh, they did a raffle which uh, had prizes that were donated by local and national companies um, and uh, that went really well. They had uh, a name the bear ceremony, uh, which is uh, which was they made a bear at Build-A-Bear um, and they did that, which was really, really fun, you know. 
says here that entertaining MC Ben Upton in, introduced the auction prizes as as the bidding got underway. First up was a replica England World Cup winner's shirt, hand signed by Jeff, Sir Jeff Hurst. Uh, the bidding was fast and furious as the fantastic items on offer were snapped up. The highest value this year was £250 for an overnight stay at the Isaac Walton Hotel, closely followed by a £220 for an overnight stay at a log cabin with wood-fired hot tub in Wales. The auction raised a total of £1,014.50. That's just the auction. Uh, The headline acts were The Beautiful Ways, um, and they went on stage and they produced a stunning set, um, which was apparently full of energy. I wish I'd have been there. And then Mark got up and said a, a few words. Um, he said on stage that they were delighted to announce that Cords Crush Cancer 4 raised a huge sum of £2,541.81. Since their first event back in 2016, we have they have now raised a massive £6,776.85 in the aid of the Lingen Davis Cancer Fund based at the Royal Shrewsbury Hospital. That's amazing, right? You know, this guy's doing a great job. I'd love to get him on uh, next time he does an event. I promised him. I promised him because of, of how I messed up last time. He will have my full support. I mean, I'd like to give him my support anyway. Um, so, um, Mark, when whenever you're doing the next, your next event, you're very welcome to come on the biscuit and talk about it. And let's see if we can raise you some more money. It sounds like a fantastic event. So, And then there's that. And then you've got um, Claire Butcher, who's from Castlefields, and she runs a social enterprise called Lovely Land. Um, it was a project that was designed to bring community together with, lo- with a program um, of community-based projects, which is, was supported by local councillor Alan Mosley. Um, and this is a great idea. You know, I'm always talking about bringing communities together and people working in harmony to, you know, create great events. And uh, they have this amazing idea of a, a huge yarn bombing project. Uh, the Castle Walks Bridge um apparently they want to make it look a lot more colorful and what they're going to do and this was inspired by the bellevue arts festival they're going to uh, do a huge yarn bombing so everyone is involved kind of making triangles or bits of uh, um of yarn produced uh, bunting and whatever you can make um they are they're, they're all pitching together to create this this huge uh, this huge thing and uh, if if you want to get involved make sure you check out their facebook page um it's um it's called Castlefield's Yarn Bombing Crew, um, and it's you can find it on Facebook. Uh, there's lots of people getting involved, people donating wool. Um, I've, there was a, a message that Claire sent to me uh, to say thanks to RMK Walls in Wellington for donating lots of wool for this cause. Um, and it's it's basically it's to um, illustrate awareness in the community. You know, people working together um, to for a good cause. Um, and these bits of yarn, I mean, you'd be able to do lots with it. I mean, after it's all gathered up, maybe we can make blankets for the homeless or maybe we can make a, a tapestry that somebody can pull up somewhere. I know these, these are great projects and it brings people together. So I'm all for that. And I have spoken to uh, to Claire. Um, and hopefully I'll get her, get her on the show. I'd like to turn up to one of their community events. Uh, you know, I'd love to speak to them about this. Um, it's, it's just so much going on in the town at the moment that you can't help but be proud to live here. And uh, this is what this episode is all about. It's about it's about being proud of of what you bring to the community, and it doesn't matter what you bring. You know, whether you're bringing yarn bombing, charity events, uh, whether you're bringing some of the biggest comic book artists in the world to to the town to celebrate 
independent comic book artists, uh, whether you're uh, hosting rap battles, you know, something where people can go express themselves uh, and be free on a stage and become that, that person that they've always wanted to be. You know, it's all here in the town and I'm really proud to be part of it. So, yeah, this is my episode. I wanted to say a huge thank you to uh, to uh, Chris B for coming on. Uh, he's helped give me some tickets as well for this event. So I'm going to be there. I'm going to try and get some pictures and uh, speak to some people at the event. Um, make sure you get those tickets. Uh, have a look. I also want to thank um, Tom Bruno as well. Uh, my American counterpart. I say it so many times in the show, but he really is. He, he is the, he's the American version of me. And I love him to bits. Um, he helped me through this interview. So hope you enjoy it, guys. And I will catch you next week. Uh, peace out. Okay, guys, how's it going? Uh, I, today I'm joined uh, but with um, somebody I met last week, uh, Chris B. Um, we met off chance uh, in Darwin's Cafe. I was out with, uh, I was doing, um, I bumped into Shane and uh, Charlie Adlard in town who were promoting the Comic Salopia event. Um, and I was like, I need to get out of here. There's so many people. We walked around for about an hour trying to find a cafe during lunchtime and it was rammed everywhere. And then I saw a little Darwin's Cafe um, opposite, which is opposite uh, Game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, uh, just uh, next to Ashley's in town. <clears throat> yes, and uh, I went in there and uh, I do my usual thing. I was like, I've got some leaflets for the uh, the Shrewsbury Biscuit. Would you mind putting one in your window? And uh, we started talking about podcasts and things and music. And uh, mm-hmm. you, you told me there's an event going on. We're going to discuss that today. Now, this event is uh, a little different to what I've been covering on the show. Um, it, it is something I, I really do like, but something I don't have an extraordinary amount of knowledge on the subject. So I've brought in some help. Uh, he's my uh, my American counterpart, um, co-host of uh, a lot of shows that we work on together, someone I trust uh, with everything in my life, uh, Tom Bruno, who's from uh, Vermont. He's my transatlantic hetero life mate. How's it going, Tom? It goes well, sir. I'm going to talk like this, like I'm on the NPR interview, so I can make sure that I keep it to a down tone. I'm doing well. How are you gentlemen doing today? Doing pretty good, man. I'm good. I'm good. Um, so um, thank you for coming on, Tom. Uh, I know it's a bit odd. Uh, the people who are listening to the shoes with Biscuit, why is this American chap on my show? It was because this guy, like I said, I trust him. Uh, we do great shows together. I wanted to add some chemistry to this. And, you know... If people are talking about Shrewsbury or the Shrewsbury Biscuit in particular in America, we've got, we've got Tom to thank for that because he does a lot of promoting for me in America. So people are talking about Shrewsbury in America because of this show and because of Tom. So thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think it's that as well as the fact we have our own Shrewsbury in Vermont. That we do. Is nowhere near, yeah, no one has a podcast for that one, though. So I feel like we're missing out on something. Um, but that being said, I also have a unique knowledge of rap music, and that kind of goes into what today's show is all about, right? I mean, we're gonna talk about some rap. Yeah, because you're a musician, right? Yeah, I mean, primarily that's my uh, that's my trade. But oh. like, I'm, I'm venturing into this now, so we're gonna see where this goes. Oh, okay. Uh, so let's tell us talk a bit about you. So, uh, what's your history? Are you from Shrewsbury originally? Yeah, I'm from Shrewsbury. I, li- I live in uh, Nesquith. 
Oh, right, okay. Uh, a little place called Wilcott. It's a little hamlet, but Shrewsbury's kind of been somewhere I've been bouncing around since I was kind of eight years old. Okay, I used to go to, uh, oh, well, I was in the cadets for many years. There's a training camp in Nescliffe. There is, Nescliffe training camp. Man. Yeah, I used well, to go there quite The a houses that I live in uh, used to be the old military houses for the people who used to occupy there. Oh, wow, that's cool. Um, I remember we used to go training there, and uh, there's a training ground, and the instructors would be trying to talk to us, and then you'd have all these helicopters, like, flying literally just above our head because there's a helicopter training camp there. And they'd be doing all these like routines, like turning on the side and doing all this, all these, and we'd be like, "What did you say? I can't hear you." They do a lot. So, they do a lot so, of helicopter training out there, low flying helicopters. So sometimes your entire house is just shaking because uh, the helicopters are flying so low. So literally every day that you live there is like being in a Michael Bay film. You're oh, like, I don't. <laughs> People <are> jump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so so what kind of what, what is your history with music then music i just i like okay it really hates me saying this because you hear it so often it's a very generic kind of statement but i literally love all music i mean i know people that say that they love all music just kind of as like a fleeting kind of expression to kind of not even venture into the topic of music but me i like i've got i've got music at home downloaded that if i started it now it would take seven or eight months to stop finishing without repeating a song like i literally i listen to everything i listen to hip-hop i listen to rock metal uh, jazz classical i listen to the whole bunch man i love music oh really brilliant um and you play music yourself i do i play acoustic guitar um and i sing and uh, i do mostly functions um so i, I do weddings uh, birthdays kind of whatever they kind of want and they give me a set list in advance, and I kind of learn it for them, and I play it for them. So, did you did you do the the, the pub circuits and things? Like? I used to do the pub circuits. Probably not so much anymore because um, she's probably one of the best paid places in the country for um, for musicians in pubs. And um, the further you venture out, the less you get paid. For for example, if you played a gig in a pub in Shrewsbury, you can get anywhere from 160 to 200 quid for a two-hour slot, wow. which is pretty good. Yeah. If you went to somewhere like Liverpool, you probably get paid about 20 quid competition right if yeah. you went to london you'd have to pay them <laughs> yeah i guess right that's just how it is yeah. so uh i mostly do functions these days number one because they pay better and number two it's too easy to overexpose yourself in shrewsbury a lot of people that do the circuits will pay a pub in one place in shrewsbury on friday then another on saturday and then another on sunday and it gets to the stage where it's like if someone's going to come see you on friday they're not going to necessarily come to see you on sunday so i try and keep my uh, public gigs down to a minimal at this point um i like music i i like i'm a lot like you i've always liked a little bit of everything never really been against anything i have preferences to things that i really don't kind of fall into like i'm not a huge country fan but i definitely have respect for their genre music It, it just tends to be when they start to be a gimmick into themselves you know what i'm yeah. saying yeah commercial commercial because yeah. it tends to become more of like a kind of manufactured sound and um it's kind of very forced exactly uh, it, it, it's like what they expect them to sing about not what they actually sing about when you hear somebody like johnny cash singing his songs you're like oh wow johnny cash lived this life at least to the most of that that he you know he doesn't do everything that he says but you're like oh wow i can understand that through your music i can feel the pain i can feel the the tragedy i can feel the happiness you know you feel things but then you listen to certain people on the country circuit today and you're like i don't think you believe in any of these things i think you're just singing songs that make money which is fine too but why not just sing that Ludacris made tons of money sing about how much money he makes yeah literally <laughs> <laughs> but that's it i mean music music's expression and it, it doesn't matter that like there's different kinds of music for what nest like for whatever you're feeling at the time like you know what i mean if you want to if you're angry or whatever listening to metal really gets it out of you if you're if you're um 
if you want to be political or whatever i mean rap music's pretty good for that like um there's ballads and stuff if you're feeling really heartfelt or like heartbroken like that kind of thing but the thing about um that kind of expression kind of thing is it does kind of get lost in translation when it does become commercial and you, you were talking about country because country specifically is probably one of the one of the most hurt genres because of the commercialization of it but there's still incredible bands out there i mean especially if you're like um if you like bluegrass or anything like that, you should really check out um, Punch Brothers. Punch Brothers are absolutely yeah. incredible. It's a very modern version of bluegrass, but the, the technical ability and the expression of it is just absolutely phenomenal. It's like I feel. I feel at the moment there's a, a lot of uh, censorship with types of music. I mean, like we've on, on one of the shows I work on, we've got um, we've got John Edney from OPM coming on uh, because we're doing a, like a noughties nostalgic thing because the, I think the noughties for me, obviously, cause I wasn't, I didn't grow up in the sixties, seventies or eighties. I was born then. Though. Um, I feel like there's not, not been any sort of era like it where like they would throw like Linkin Park into the mainstream. They would throw Eminem into the mainstream. Yeah. They'd throw everything into the mainstream music, music, Whereas now, um, it's kind of, it's kind of you have to look for it, right? The the, the brick walls are back up. You yeah, know I mean? the, 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 there's definitely a bigger barrier around the music scene. Yeah. The, the reason the '90s was so great, obviously, there's a lot of nostalgia there, and it's not to say there wasn't a lot of commercial music in the '90s, because of course there was. Yeah. A lot of it was very manufactured. But the reason the nostalgia works of it, because it was such a collective mix. The genres were literally clashing with each other over who was top tier. Like, you know, you had the alternative scene. You had a lot of punk rock coming through. It's uh, And metal metal was really hitting the, its stride in the 90s. Are, are you are you trying to tell me right now that you don't think that Justin Timberlake did believe he was bringing sexy back? I think he generally <laughs> did. I, I think he did. I think he did. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't attacking anyone when I said commercial. I mean, there was commercial. But... Yeah, there's a lot to be said for nostalgia, I think. Music. But the thing is, I think, especially with, as far as hip-hop is concerned, it's like, hmm, yeah, you want to encourage people to rap about what's real and what, what is their life, which is the, the money and the drugs and the and the high life and the cars and the women and things like that. But then it becomes generic, right? It's like... It, it comes down to context. Because especially when you're a performer, when you're, when you're putting out music, when you're putting out a, a, a product and you're trying to pitch it to everyone you i mean you can approach that in several different ways yes you can be you can take the real route like eminem kind of took that real route where he like literally broke down his entire life and pretty much asked everybody to accept him for what he was and then there's other people that kind of adopt that kind of kayfabe where it's not necessarily that they're not living the life that they're talking about in their raps but they're adopting that persona and if they're gonna sell that product as that persona they really have to push that and really sell it it's 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 the it's the key to being any actor or being a musician or any kind of performer. You have to sell what you're doing. I like um, I, I like a lot of um, at the moment. You got a lot of musicals and things coming through. I mean, like my little boy has a circus tent propped up in his in my living room, and in that circus tent is a full uh, Greatest Showman outfit with the red coat, the top hat, and the stick. Mm. And he will go in there, and he'll come out, and he'll start blaring out um, the Greatest Showman uh, songs. And I think that started with like Frozen and things like that. But it's like. That is my son expressing something that means something to him. It, right. makes, it makes him feel something. It makes him feel something. It's not to say that he's the greatest showman when he's singing that song, but it, it, it makes him feel a certain way, and he wants other people to feel the same way, like probably while he's doing it. Yeah. Because that's what it is. I mean, music is collective, you know. It's about sharing that moment with people. And and, and I think it's really important because and the, the reason I'm, I'm talking about this is because I feel like if, if, you, if you like, <clears throat> for example, okay, I had a really good day the other day. Uh, one of those days where everything seemed clear. The sun was out, obviously, in February, we're having this crazy weather. Uh, the sun was out. 
I was listening to music and a puddle of mud song came on. I can't say the the, the name of the song because uh, <laughs> yeah, it came on. I hadn't heard it in years, and I had this beaming smile on my face. I had my sunglasses on. The sun was beating on me while I was driving. I was happy, right? And if people feel that way about hip hop, whether they feel that way about the blues or jazz or the greatest showman, I, I really encourage it because I think it's really great, especially in this day and age at the moment where we're having this attack on mental health hmm. funding being taken away from schools from from the nhs um you know there's certain problems at the moment in the uk that i feel like we can self-medicate with things that make us happy like music sure you know sure i mean i mean we're, we're living in an age now where a lot of things are coming to the forefront. Like, um, there's actually terms for like um, you're talking about things like anxiety and stuff. Yeah. I mean, anxiety. We didn't really have a word. I mean, obviously we had the word anxiety, but it's it wasn't really it didn't really mean that much as it does today. Today, like a lot more people are kind of understanding it. It's becoming a lot more uh, known what it means. And the thing is about any kind of music or entertainment is. It sets the mood, it sets the atmosphere, whatever the context that you're doing it, whether or not you're sitting down and watching a TV show, whether or not you're listening to some music in your room by yourself, whether or not you're out at a club or you're at a, a venue and there's a band playing, it sets that mood. And whatever that mood is, it makes people feel inside, I'm okay with this. Because you're either okay with it or you're not. But yeah. it helps kind of tunnel it into kind of like a medium where everyone can either accept it or anyone that doesn't can kind of go somewhere else and pick somewhere else to feel okay. You know what I mean? It's, and that's what music is. It's finding your own. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think it's really important. And when you take, when you take certain types of music away from the mainstream, it finds it harder to find. And if you can't afford Spotify, mm -hmm. if you, if you can't afford a YouTube premium or anything like that, then, it's going to be hard for you to find. You're either going to end up downloading it, uh, <laughs> you know, or you're going to find other ways to do it, or you're not going to get that. You're not going to get it, and I feel like it needs to be made available. I'm just saying, like, if, you, if you're not into... I mean, I'm not saying, but let's put, like, you know, Deathcore on, <laughs> on free radio. It could be any... The thing is, it's, it's about the community, because anything that happens, whatever you have, whether or not you have, like, a geek community that are into the video games, whether or not you have a chess community or whatever, or a music community, or, a, like, any different kind of community that you have, it's about centralization. And... Uh, like I was trying to say before to you, before the cast, um, centralization is the idea where like people can bounce around one thing. Yeah. And Shrewsbury's never really had a hip hop scene. No. There's massive amounts of fans of hip hop in Shrewsbury. We have rappers coming out of the woodwork to come joining this event. And um, it's about centralization. And now we suddenly have an event and the, the, the reception that we've received. I mean, we'd, we, we might be looking at six, maybe 600, maybe even more people going to be in the butter market to watch these people rap at each other. And uh, you know what? When you, when you, when you mentioned this to me, uh, we were, we, I met you in Darwin's, we were chatting and you mentioned this to me. I was so happy. I mean, like I, I grew up around hip hop, right? Mm. I loved hip hop. I love old school. I'm not into this mumble, gr what, grime, grime, mumble mm. rap stuff. I'm not, it's just not my thing. You know, I like old. Yeah school hip-hop um almost like rap battles because that's the kind of you know that they're kind of uh you need to make sure that the person next to you can understand what you're saying and how you're saying it and it's it's reflection so you, you're not going to be like ah, it's my mouse, my mouse. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you know um it's very important i think and you know what if you've had a bad day you've had a bad month uh and you've all you've got is music if you get the opportunity to stand up in front of someone and just let it out let it you know <laughs> going frozen i'm talking about elsa now but um if you can let it out and it's gonna help you a lot you know well yeah i mean that's it i mean just i mean just so you guys know i mean like 
if a rap battle is basically for anyone who doesn't know it's two guys standing on stage and they take it in turns for a limited time limit to spit off beat um an acapella rap that's specified to the person that you're going against and you kind of have to put the other person down as much as humanly possible um so that afterwards people can vote and um there's the decider of who's the better rapper or who's the better person in this rap battle scenario and the way i kind of pitch it to people is have you ever had that moment where you wish you said something you stepped out of a situation you wish you said that thing it's like oh god i wish i said that well this is that except you know when that moment's going to be and you get two months in advance to prepare for it it's yeah. it's that beautiful and that, that's what it is you know what i mean you get that time to kind of get yourself ready for that moment and say what you're going to say with a whole bunch of people watching you attentively you know it's amazing um i am a big fan of rap battling in a serious form and fashion i i think that it all started the moment that i watched eight mile i mean i think that's when it starts for everyone right you see that you see what rap battling is because up like when i growing up all my friends they they rapped you know everyone had something to say and it was usually something very generic very haiku two lines made sense and the other two had nothing to do with the other two that came before it um but when you listen to 8 Mile or when you see 8 Mile for the first time, you understand that they are using these words as weapons and they are cutting down to the core of one another and what it could really be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always followed rap battling after that. Have you? Are you familiar with the King of the Dot tournament? I'm familiar with all the leagues in America and the Canada, man. Like, honestly, I love, I love everything. And I love everything that you guys are doing over there. It's absolutely incredible. Um, the first time I ever saw a friendship battle, I cried. <laughs> because it, it is, it, for those that are not familiar with what a friendship battle is, it's, these, it's the exact polar opposite of a rap battle. Instead of sitting there saying mean, horrible things to one another and picking each other apart, you are saying the nicest things that are complimentary that you could possibly imagine. It's other, and, otherwise known as a compliments battle. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, there's a YouTube video you can watch for a perfect example. Um, they make a whole production. It's a, a gentleman named Pat Stay in Rome, and they are just, they're like poets. You know, I mean, everyone thinks as of rap as one thing. They think about it as, well, sorry, that's actually very, very, don't, don't scratch that. People can think about, rap being a bunch of things because i certainly do there's gangster rap there's hip-hop there's um battle rap of course there's um kind of like uh, upper living i would guess you would call it much like ludicrous or jaw rule type of thing he had going on later on when he was like i love my money and stuff like that <laughs> um with that being said it's um so so rap is all these different things and when you can um Oh, man, I just went off in a tangent about what I what I was doing right there. That was <laughs> Sorry, um, <laughs> this is the problem with having to deal with a bunch of different stuff at the same time. Like you said, like you said, there's a, there's a lot of different kinds of rap, and it, it, people coming from different like scenarios. Like when they're in a rap battle, both guys aren't necessarily coming from the same angle. They're not necessarily doing the same thing. They're not necessarily doing a gangster approach. They're not necessarily doing a hip hop approach. When you see a rap battle, one guy can spit very aggressive, while the other guy's quite um, kind of. Um, Poetic. cathartic you know what i mean and it, it, it can work in different ways and it's it's like a debate it's like a it's like a, a very very intricate very clever very timed very rhythmical debate and the the ways that people take it is very interesting because we've had we've had it time and time again one of the best rap battles to get into rap battles um in the uk is a, a battle um by two rappers one called blizzard one called mark wrist and basically blizzard was an 18 year old kid 
and uh, Mark Grist was a school teacher. And he came dressed to a rap battle um, in I a suit this. and tie. Yeah, it's, it's it's probably one of the highest viewed rap battles in the UK. And it, it, it kind of changed the game a little bit because Blizzard came from the very, you know, gangster kind of kid. Like he had a white T-shirt on kind of looking like Eminem and stuff. And then this Mark Grist came in and he was he was basically reciting poetry. But the poetry tore at Blizzard to the core. It was so immaculate. It was so intricate. And it just absolutely tore him to shreds. And ever since then, we've seen the rap uh, scene in, sh- in the UK just change. Uh, this, this, is the, this is the important thing. If, if rap isn't your thing, if you listen to Shoes With Biscuit now and thinking, this isn't what you usually talk about. Oh, this isn't really my thing. You've got to understand. These, these people are clever, man. These, mm-hmm. these, these part, if you, I can't rap for anything, man. I'll be in the kitchen and be like, I'm buttering some bread. And my name is Fred. And it's, it's really hard. You know, these people come up with these amazing, like you said, uh, really articulate uh, raps um, that, would, that that just destroy people in a very constructive way. Um, and it's very respectable as well, isn't it? It's not like it's not like you, you, you can't say something about someone and then it, it ends up in fisticuffs. It's a respectable thing. I mean, it, it has done only a couple of times, but it's very, very, very rare. I mean, I think it's happened in the States more than it's ever happened in the UK. <laughs> we're, we're just a bunch of rowdy guys. Um, really quickly, though, because I finally had a, I finally reminded myself what I was saying as you guys were talking about Go poetry. On. That's exactly what I was going to say was that listening to rap battles now, especially like some of the people putting out right now, they are poets. They are not what you would expect when you hear the words rap battle. Those It's almost doesn't even come into play if it wasn't for, for the fact that you're playing with uh, lyrics. Um, if, any other generation, it would have been called poetry. It would have been called slam poetry. It would have been like jazz music. It's, it's, very, it's very flowy. It's very uppy. And I think that the best way to do it is you should probably tell them to do a compliment battle. They're like, hey, guys, this is the nice family version of how you do this. <laughs> You can bring your kids to this one. Well, yeah, I mean, this is it. Uh, this is it. Like I said, the, the, the ways that people approach it is incredible. I mean, if you think of rap battle and you know what, Malky, kind of get this kind of stereotype in your head that you think there's going to be a whole bunch of like thugs, you know, in, in, in long in long shirts with like uh, baseball caps or whatever that do drugs and talk about guns and stuff. It's not like that. In fact, the headline act on the night that we're doing the rap battle in Shoesby on March the 15th, it's um, it's Marlo and Shuffle T and they're going up against uh, two of your boys from the States, uh, Big T and... Oh, I've forgotten his name. Oh, so no. If you, if you need to get on your phone and find it, you can yeah, do no, no, no. I'll do that real quickly. I mean, it's two guys from the States. I'm not overly familiar with them, but um, basically the two guys who are on the card, Marlo and Shuffle T, these guys are very middle class. They're very white. I think they come from Hampshire. They, they're university <laughs> yeah. students. They're incredibly clever. And it's a tag team battle. So it's two guys versus two guys. And they finish each other's sentences. They bounce off each other so well. But it's it's nothing that you'd expect. It's They do not like represent any kind of thug image that you'd see in rap so it you know like i said it's it's it just shakes things up you just never know what you're going to get at the rap battle and you know i i work with, uh, with around mental health and 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 people are affected by it um, in my job and i always say to people if if you are struggling and you, and you, you don't have an outlet you try try writing something man and we've had examples of people that will just go and write music. They'll write music. They'll write raps. They'll write songs. Draw tattoos. Even you know, if you've got if you've got a way of of you know letting that out um, creatively, then do it, man. Do it. Get on it. You know. Absolutely. I mean, it's incredible because the thing is as well, like a lot of people kind of get kind of worried about it because. I've had people say to me, it's like, aren't you worried that this guy's going to tear you to shreds? Like, I'm, I'm going up against this guy, uh, Peace Soldier. He's six foot four. He's a big guy. He's also been doing this for a long time. He's been, um, 
been doing this for like over half a decade. And a lot of people say, aren't you worried he's going to like really rip into you? It's just like, yeah, sure, of course. Cause, but you, you enter into a rap battle knowing that someone's going to insult you. Yeah. And the beautiful thing is about it when someone's like, obviously it's great having to vent and uh, getting up and saying a whole bunch of stuff to someone and putting them down and like kind of putting them in the place, but having someone do it to you, you step out on the other side like a lot stronger because if you can stand on stage in front of a whole bunch of people and have a guy rip into you for absolutely <laughs> every aspect of your life that you can possibly imagine what's anyone got left to say to you it's it's brilliant it's something really liberating about um being quite honest yeah uh, and and kind of naked almost uh, you know and, and being like that in front of other people uh, i mean I, i've done uh, i've done a little bits throughout my life but recently most recently i've been doing bits at the at the prison the scare acting and things like that mm. and you know to do, for me to do that at the time was kind of really daunting for me you know it's it's nerve-wracking and um <laughs> the thing is about it as well especially anxiety if you if you add any of that into the performance it can kind of ruin it a little bit because you, you kind of resided when you're when you're doing something like this you have to throw yourself into it you just have to go for it you find something whether or not it be like whether or not it be music whether or not it be acting or everything you have to own it absolutely yeah. own it all those other parts all the anxiety all the all the like uh things eating you or anything that might make you self-conscious those things are completely obsolete in that scenario you have to absolutely throw yourself into it you have time afterwards to feel like miserable <laughs> if you want to like call into a little ball of depression afterwards go for it just to make yourself feel better whatever you need to do but when you're doing it when you're in that moment go for you it. are a god you have be to be the god that's it you're assuming the role yeah okay um I, I feel that i mean i went to an event last night um the launch the launch of uh, of uh, some educational books um by Kay brophy which i'm gonna try and get on the show uh so i went to an event last night at the library with a lot of teachers head teachers governors of schools uh, uh there was loads of people there that I just did not know. And I, the way I explain it is, Tom, Tom's heard this many times before, I can be socially awkward sometimes. <laughs> I can be socially <laughs> awkward. I remember, I remember Christmas trying to get like uh, pop shots with a microphone about Christmas with people, and I just shrink up like a little ball. Yeah, get a microphone in front of me, and I, I, I'm almost Elvis, man. I can do this. I, this is my jazz. This is this is my music right here. And um, this is this is the most encouraging thing about hip-hop about music and about doing something that's creative you become someone different and you can you can really really um what's the word um gentrify i don't know <laughs> <laughs> um you assume a role you, you assume, assume a role, role. yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. And that's and that's the best thing about it because if there's one thing that performance has taught me over the time because I've spoken to a lot of musicians um some well known some not very well known but if there's one kind of consensus across the whole like board is that every single one of them is nervous. It doesn't matter who it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter like what they do it doesn't matter what style of music they do they always get nervous and the nerves never go away. Cuz a lot of people come up to me and say oh I wish I wish I had your confidence to go up and do it do it's like it's not confidence. I am a nervous wreck when I go <laughs> even to this day it doesn't matter if I'm playing to I've played to 25,000 people I've played to 10 people it doesn't matter whether or not you're playing to a small crowd or a big crowd you get nervous but I've always been told that you should head towards what makes you nervous because it makes you nervous it means you run care. towards it yeah. it means you care yeah. about it it means you care if you didn't get nervous then you're in the wrong line of work yeah 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 
Oh, that's so true, isn't it? Um, I think Alex, your biggest not flaw. The, the the reason that you get so nervous when you do this, and the reason you're so much more uh, comfortable when you're just sitting in front of the mic, is because in front of us, there's no you don't need to be validated in front of Garrett or I or, or people that we're interviewing, because um, we tell you all the time. We, we we laugh back and forth. We enjoy each other's company. That's how <laughs> you know that you're that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. But when you go into rough scenarios, like um, you're going to talk to a dude who does um, children's books in front of a whole bunch of people that, you know, up until we got into like our 30s, we would consider our uppers, you know, or the the adults in the room. We, we still feel like kids when we have all these successful people around us. And it's 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 because these people aren't telling you that you're doing a great job, even though you are, because you're the only person doing this. You know, you're the only person that's really pumping up the Shrewsbury community as much as you are and letting people know what's going on, where, and um, what they should be looking out for. And Hey, this is coming up here. It's an important thing you're doing. And I think you should realize that when you go to these public events, that even though they might not know who you are, you're, you're doing them a big service. Yeah, and I think that's the problem I have is that when I'm stood there in the corner, especially when like because I, I've got this real hair issue at the moment where I'm growing my hair for charity, I look daft. I, I almost look like Bill Bailey, right, without the bulgy eyes and the, and the money. Uh, but <laughs> so when I'm stood in the corner of a room with this weird hair, uh, I, people go on face value, and I feel like I should wear like a um, an A board, so or a sandwich board, whatever you want to call it, saying. This isn't me. This isn't the normal me. Like, you know, um, I'm a nice guy. No, not strange. You know, but well, I mean, well, but even your weirdness, which is your hair looks weird, and you know, <laughs> it's not sugarcoated. Your hair looks weird, but even that, you're doing for a good cause. So you're you're making yourself, you're putting yourself in these situations where you want to be respected by these people that look at you and like, oh man, what's up with this dude? He looks like he just rolled out of bed. Be like, man, I'm just doing it for everyone. You, everything you put out is for somebody else. Well, I can I can. I couldn't actually agree more with that. I mean, the thing is, when you approach any kind of performance, like it, when you're talking about going to shows and stuff, every single time you're getting up in front of people, it's a performance. And you can approach it one of two ways. You can approach it the wrong way, as far as I'm concerned, which is making a pitch. If you're trying to make a pitch, you're trying to sell something, and it's either going to hit or it's going to miss. If you approach it the other way, like he said, you're doing them a service, then you're assuming a leadership kind of role. You're setting the atmosphere and the mood for anything that's going on, whether it be an event, whether or not you be a speaking thing, you are a leader. And those people, you're doing them a favor. They're relying on you to take charge of the situation and create that atmosphere. If you make it like a pitch, you're trying to sell it to them. If you're that leader, they're already sold. You tell them what they like. You know what I mean? Yeah. And do you know what? I, I don't know why I get like that because the the, the biscuits doing really well, and I got I'm I'm grateful for everyone for for the support. But if if the Shrewsbury biscuit if the Shrewsbury biscuit is doing well, Shrewsbury's doing well. I'm promoting the town. You know, I'm doing I'm doing good things. You know, but you know, oh well, it is what it is. Uh, and we go in places, and I'm really you know grateful for where it's going. But let's talk about you, man. How did this happen? How did you get involved with with rap battles? I, I was appro- what's going on here. I was you know? approached. Um, <laughs> Like I'd say, I, I to be honest, if I wasn't approached, I would have asked to be involved. So I'm not going to take that me being approached as a too big a thing. But um, they came to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I used I've been doing the music for years. I'm solo now, but I used to be in a two man improv hip hop funk band. Ooh, that sounds interesting. Uh, called Tom and Crispy, and we were kind of like a comedy act, and um, we just kind of we did some stupid stuff. We got up. We we made a video in my conservatory of us doing this kind of uh, this kind of. Um, uh, loop station um, hip hop using beatboxing and electronic uh, guitar 
to kind of like make this sound. And then I basically rapped over it. We dressed up in geek outfits and we put a video out. We thought it'd be a lot of fun. Oh, wow. Like uh, 15,000 views later, it got entered into a competition and we ended up winning this competition, which was like an online thing. Um, it was Ox Jam, Band of the Year, um, which is kind of like a charity event using music to claim, promote the charity. And uh, we ended up winning this competition for being the Ox Jam Band of the Year because of this video. And they gave wow. us three and a half thousand pounds with a Fender gear which is amazing, drum kit, bass guitar, electric guitar, and everything. Unfortunately, it kind of went a little bit downhill after that. We played a lot of decent gigs. We played uh, the NEC Arena in Birmingham. We played uh, Cardiff Millennium Stadium. A lot of really good places, really good gigs. Um, you played the NEC? We played the NEC. It was for a, it was for a children's... Uh, wow. It's for a children's awards, well, not a children's awards show. It was for a teens awards show. Basically, anybody of sixteen years of age that had basically accomplished anything in any field, whether or not it be uh, engineering or science or music or anything. And basically, it was kind of this event, and we played the halftime, and there was loads of people there, man. There was absolutely loads of people, and um, yeah. Afterwards, we kind of like had an interview on the um, Shrewsbury uh, radio for the auction, and. Uh, I'll be candid about this. The one thing I said is like, please don't tell them that we sold the gear because we sold it. Like we didn't use it. We used the loop station. We used, <laughs> <laughs> and obviously because like Fender were sponsoring the, uh, the event, the yeah. event, like they wanted to know, it's like, Oh, how are you getting on with the gear? Are you enjoying the gear? It's good gear, isn't it? Cause we, you know, we're sponsoring it because we're doing it for charity, but at the same time we want you to promote our product. And we're like, yeah. sorry. Yeah, we sold it. And like I sold like Tom, the guy I worked with, he, like he was terrible. You could not stop that guy from saying something. <laughs> not only did he say it on radio when I asked him not to, he said, uh, yeah, it was incredible. We did a charity gig for Shrewsbury. We ended up walking away with more money than we raised in Shrewsbury for the charity. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Killed it. Taken off the Ox Jam website the next day, man. The next day. <laughs> oh, God. Dumb things we do, eh? Dumb things we do. But, you know, you still have that exposure. And oh, that's no, really it was important. great. It was great. And uh, like I said, it, it, got, it got me into music in a big way. It made me realize how quickly things can blow up. And the opportunities that are out there, because um, there's, there's a massive music scene in Shrewsbury there's so many good musicians I kind of cultivate them a little bit because I run an open mic night at the Bull Butcher Row on a Wednesday night okay. which is absolutely fantastic it's probably one of the best uh, open mic nights in town so how did the, how did this all go about then what happened with the the, the planning process did they be like we, who did you approach who did who was approached first about a rap battle going on in Shrewsbury I mean did you get did they go straight to the butter market or uh, the, the butter market was kind of a place because to be fair it was, it was one of the best venues for it because originally um the thing about rap battle events is um, they've all tried it a lot in lots of different places. You never know how it's how you, what kind of response you're going to get. Yeah. Um, and sometimes there haven't been a lot of people. There's only been like a hundred people. And obviously, like in Shrewsbury, we're going to have like about five or six hundred people. That's what we're hoping for. That's, that's what the ticket sales are kind of telling us. Um, so we can have the scenario where people are standing on stage and we have an audience. But obviously, when you have got a hundred people, if you're trying to promote a video, especially for Don't Flop for the website or whatever, then they don't want the scenario where you got a stage and then you just got like loads of spursy people just kind of spread out in front of them. So what they do is they kind of do it in the round, which um, they kind of make a circle of people yeah. with the hundred people. I kind of close it in and then the two guys wrap on the inside of the circle. And that's, it's kind of like the, because if you think about eight mile, if you think about that movie, yeah, a lot of people have seen eight miles, you'll know where I'm coming from. There isn't a lot of people in that room. There no. isn't really. There's about no. 150 people, if that. Um, so 600 people is going to be crazy. It's that. It's like honestly, 150. From what I, from what I hear, I haven't been to a lot of rap battle events. I've watched a lot of rap battles. Um, I've only been to a couple of rap battle events. But for, normally, 150 is probably about the turnout that you're going to get, despite where you're going to do it. So there's a lot of interest. Well, let's talk about Don't Flop. Um, so 
don't, don't flop. What, who, what, what is Don't Flop? Don't Flop is the UK's largest rap battle chain um, at the moment. They do have competition. There is like a lot of competition because there's a there's kind of like a big uh, kind of um, surge at the moment in people liking rap battles, as we can see from Shrewsbury. Um, so yes, there is competition out there, but Don't Flop, as it stands, are kind of like the uh, the kind of like the bar at the moment for rap battle chains in the UK. Um, and they do a lot of work with King of the Dot uh, in Canada, in America. Um, and they, do, they basically they have some of the best battlers in the world, not just in the UK, in the world on their actual card. And they get people together. They do events. Um, sometimes they do them on beat. Sometimes they do grime clashes. Sometimes they do uh, acapella clashes. Sometimes they do uh, tag team bouts. And they even have champions. They actually have uh, tag team champions who are going to be performing on our night, which is two guys versus I'm two excited. guys. I'm excited. And this is going on when? The 15th of March. Friday the 15th of March. Yeah, in Shrewsbury at the uh, Butter Market. And We've got £5 tickets. Um, I think some people still have £5 tickets left. The actual rappers themselves are selling tickets. Um, but the tickets on the door are going to be £20, unfortunately, because the uh, the amount of... Uh, amount of people that will literally be... the amount the amount of interest like uh, so yeah on the door is going to be £20. But if you can find one of the battles and you want to support them, then £5 uh, would... Yeah, We'll get you a ticket to the event. Okay, where can people find? Uh, can you buy tickets online? Is there? A, uh, is you it? can buy tickets online. I think they're fifteen pound online, uh, or ten pound. I'm not sure. They might have gone up. Um, but if you check out the Don't Flop website, um, they'll be pitching the event there. www.dontflop.com. Um, I think it sounds great. Now, I, do you guys stream on YouTube or anything like that? Is what this, Don't Flop? Uh, uh, yeah, like Don't Flop do have a YouTube video. They also do uh, pay-per-view streams on their uh, on their website for the more kind of because um, it, it's a, it's a very niche group. So the the bigger battles with the bigger names um, they attract a lot of attention. So they do do pay-per-view events on uh, Don't Flop. Obviously, if you get into it, you can go for those. But uh, they do do a lot of the battles on their YouTube. But they run quite a solid YouTube channel, which gets uh, quite a good view. Oh wow. Yeah, because I'd absolutely like to watch these two American dudes go at it, so I can cut like message Alex and be like, "Hey, man, look how good home team goes!" Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, I yeah, I found out who they are. It's uh, it's uh, it's Briz and um, T Top. I'll write that down. Briz Rawstein. Well, we won't be we can't cover this with the Shrewsbury Biscuit the actual event uh, obviously because it's going to be um, quite R rated. It, it's it's an over 19s event, absolutely. Um, but I don't want people to be put off um, by the thought that it might be like a thug image scene. A lot of the people who are going to be coming to this event have never been to a rap battle event. No, before. try it, man. And the performers do have that in mind because at the end of the day, it is entertainment. That's what it comes down to. I mean, it says on. I mean, it only says don't flop on there, but their actual. Uh, the name of the chain is Don't Flop Entertainment. It's all about the entertainment. So the rappers are doing that in mind. So if you think that they're just going to come down, they're going to be saying a whole like a bunch of rap slurs that you won't necessarily understand, that you won't know the slang. Don't worry about it. The rappers are kind of written pan, uh, pen to pad and put it down to kind of cater for an audience that are kind of new to the scene. Well, we will we'll support the event. Um, we'll 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 post um, something on our on our Facebook and we'll let people know that's happening. Mm. I'm going to be there. You've given me kindly given me a couple of tickets, so I'm going to be there so I can take some pictures and things. That'd be really really cool. I really am excited about this event. Uh, you going to come, Tom? <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. Um, I feel like you might get arrested if you just start recording and be like, "All right, Tom's here with me, and we're just doing this whole thing." It's <laughs> kind of interesting, but. Uh, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there in spades. Let me get my tux out of the cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> Is this something that you thought you'd be doing though? Like when when you're younger, would you think, oh, one day I'm gonna I, be a host? I, to be honest, I've loved rap battles for 
forever. I've like ever since I found rap battles, I probably found them about ten years ago. Um, going back to like the American, uh, like obviously Eight Mile was an inspiration, but like um, I found a lot of the U.S. chains, and I found King of the Dot before I found Don't Flop, and I watched a hell of a lot of battles with them. I loved what the guys were doing, and um, to be honest, I never. Th- I never thought I was going to get into it, but I did try quite hard about five years ago. I was going to a lot of the underground chains, a lot of um, the more kind of lower level. Yeah. Um, because this is insanely high level um, as a debut, to be honest, because I, I tried to go to the lower level battles, but what kept happening was I was turning up. I was, I was spending a couple of months writing for a guy and I turned up to the event and the guy hadn't showed up. So what they were doing is throwing me into an improv battle. So then it was like kind of on the spot against some other guy. And I had to try and make all these rhymes that I made completely specifically for the guy I was battling <laughs> and somehow make them relevant to a guy that did not look anything like him. <laughs> so it was really annoying. And it happened like three times in a row. So it kind of put me off. But then Don't Flop came to town and they asked me to do it. And I was just like, absolutely sure. And I was actually supposed to battle another guy called uh, Riser. He was a Scottish guy from, um, uh, yeah, Scottish guy. And um, he he pulled out. He pulled out about three or four weeks ago. And um, they, I, they turned around and they said, oh, Matt, I'm really sorry. Because I even told them the story about me not wanting to necessarily do it because I keep having battles pull out on me. And they ended up putting me against a guy called Peace Soldier. And Peace Soldier, like I said, he's been doing it for over half a decade. It's very rare you'll see a debut battle where the guy's going up against a vet. And this guy is an absolute vet. This guy... So is, you're going to get ruined. Huh? <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to yeah. kill him. <laughs> it, well, it really speaks to your character, though, and how much confidence you have in what you've yeah. written down because you still did it. That That's that's a whole level of confidence I think everybody wishes they had because it, it's not only that you're going to get on it's, stage it's and do It's either confidence this. or stupidity. We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> a, a little bit of both. I mean, they both come into play, right? But maybe it's the stupidity to actually believe that you can do it, and sometimes you just pull it off. Mm-hmm. And this is amazing for me. Uh, for a guy that does a show about Shrewsbury, you know, and, and about the creativity, that the bottomless pit of creative people that we have here, you know, on this show, I've spoken to authors and I've spoken to artists, people have created their own businesses, um, I, you know, and this is just another extension of what is coming to Shrewsbury and what we can offer. You know, if this takes off, surely it's going to you're going to see another battle and another. Well, you know? I mean, this is it. I mean, like like I said, like the normal turnout for a battle rap event from what I hear is probably about 150 people. I went to one in Manchester um, for another company. And then that was that was a big line. There was a lot of big names on there, especially for people who were fans of battle rap. There was a, a lot of names on there that, if you ever watch battle rap, these are the best. Like yeah. if there's ever going to be international clashes, U.S. versus U.K., these battles would be there. These guys are insane, incredibly raw talent. And um, there was like there's like eighty people in the room, so like the average turnout is like 150. So for it to come to Shrewsbury, like it's very much a white middle class conservative town. And to throw an event like this in the butter market and have 600 people turn up, that's just, it just, it just shows how much we've been calling out for this kind of thing. Um, because it will centralize that kind of group. It will centralize the kind of people. It'll introduce it. And some people might get turned off by it, but I reckon, I reckon it'll open up a whole new world. I talk about the spark all the time. Sometimes it just takes that one little spark of inspiration. That's it. That's it. So you know? I don't know. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to see, because like, it's not just about me and my battle. I'm, I'm so excited about my rattle and, and you know, what it could have matter for me, but more than anything else, I'm so excited for what it could do for the scene and what it could do for Shrewsbury in terms of actually like cultivating this kind of group and bring and centralizing people into something like this, where again, we might even see a whole new stream of battles. Cause to be honest, it's, it's always, 
it doesn't matter what the genre, it doesn't matter what the music, it doesn't matter what the trade, you need new people and new people's new ideas. And that's that's what I'm looking for. And it's to. about expression as well. Express yourself, you know, go out there. <laughs> <laughs> express, express yourself. Yeah, go out there and express yourself. You don't have to be Dizzy Rascal. You don't have to be Eminem. You don't have to be Jay-Z. You could be your own, have your own gimmick. You know, if you're sitting there thinking you could probably do this, give it a go, man. You might, yeah. you might be, like you said, there was a school teacher that inspired people he wasn't all... young either he wasn't young <laughs> like, you know what i mean he was a school proper dress he looked like a school teacher and yeah. he absolutely rinsed it well isn't some of the i mean some of the best rap out there is things that we would not expect bubba sparks rapping about like living the southern life um we uh outcast and like they're kind of like 60s funk kind of rap scene that got going on um uh little or, dicky those... little dicky talking about being a white jewish guy <laughs> <laughs> um he's oh who was who um who was the guy i told you to listen to brother ali i mean he's a white muslim dude who raps about like the importance of you know uh freedom of speech we have mortal technique uh even kanye west's old stuff where he was rapping about being a college dropout was phenomenal <laughs> yeah, that, that's like that's my yeah dude that is my guilty pleasure right there i don't i can't make excuses for a lot of what kanye west is doing right now as an artist but <laughs> that first like, album that's the thing that, but this, this is what i mean about like performance like i said you you adopt the role like it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that you're fake by going up there and doing it like if you go up there and you and you're you you done that confidence it doesn't mean you're going to be walking around confident all the time in everything that you do that's just that's you not, have that moment though you have that moment and that's what it is with kanye west it's like just because you're a fan of kanye west you you like that music you like that album doesn't mean you have to be condoning everything he's ever done and everything he ever did and completely like in line with his lifestyle that's not the case that's just not what entertainment is no no that's absolutely true but like when you go and meet somebody like meatloaf if you were to go meet meatloaf and you know how he is on stage i mean are yeah. you guys familiar with him yeah okay yeah, yeah. um yeah so when you go meet meatloaf you'd expect to be like uh probably a normal dude and like but if you saw him on stage you'd be like wow he's very boisterous he's very emotional very Almost like operatic, dramatic. isn't he? Yeah, yeah. It's almost... Ex exactly. When and I'm sure that if you went backstage to meet him, he'd probably be like a pretty laid back, nice, super nice dude. I feel that with Kanye West, if what you see on stage is probably what you get out backstage, and I, <laughs> I think that once you start believing your own stuff that much, that there's a problem yeah. because when when you make this outlandish character who is now your real personal self that could put a lot of dangerous situations that that would not happen to a person if you were just you know take the time to think about it it's it's a power corrupt scenario because like when you're in a position that he he got to where you're on stage in front of thousands of people and people are digging in what you do like it gives you a lot of power there's a lot of power in that and it, that's where you get a lot of prima donnas that's why you get a lot of people who you know they, they think they're god they get like a con god surrounded by yes men they're exactly. like you look so cool you sound great that's an amazing thing you just did and you're so most good. of the best musicians i ever met they hate being complimented it's horrible if someone comes up like it's fine like i like it when someone comes up and they just say something that's like oh man i really liked your stuff it was really good oh thank you very much and that's it but when someone's like no 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 i need to make you understand of, it was so good it was it comes this awkward scenario it's horrible it's horrible man. i am um, you are you are describing me whenever i go to meet anybody and we've talked about this before <laughs> alex and i when i pay money to go see somebody sir i pay money to go meet them so i'm gonna be that weirdo that like hangs out after the show and just make sure that i can yeah, tell you face people, to face people, be like man i enjoyed it <laughs> 
<laughs> people forget though, man. They're people. You know what I mean? It's like if if you ever ever been complimented, it's it's weird. Well, a lot of people don't like being complimented. It's not like an, uh, I'm not very good at being complimented. It's horrible, isn't it? Come to me all the time. I love your show, man. It's really great. I really love what you're doing. I'm like, I don't mean to be rude. I'm not. I'm really. I'm not a rude person. But I'm like, thanks. <laughs> you know, I, I'm like a complete polar opposite. I feel like Alex should compliment me more every day. Like as soon as we start the show, you should be like, "Tom, you're just beautiful." I'd be like, "Thank you, Alex." You do great <laughs> things, man. You've landed us a really good guest on our show. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say one of the best uh, one of the best lines I ever heard in rap was uh, Mike Shinoda. Um, it's really early, like Linkin Park, when he said, "I hate everybody's rhymes." Uh, no, I hate my own rhymes, but I hate everyone else's more. Okay, you know, yeah, and, and that that's that's like saying like it he's very sounds humble. Like he hates rap. <laughs> was, <laughs> what was that from Lincoln Park or was that yeah, from, that was from um, Lincoln Park? Which which album? Meteora. Meteora, yeah, and that's okay, basically yeah. say he's humble. It's a humble brag. It's kind of like, oh yeah, I'm not too keen on my own voice. Oh, I don't really do compliments very well. But you know, you what? Your music's even worse than mine. So, <laughs> <laughs> and one of the best rap, Timmy, when he was a really little baby. Uh, there was a song that he absolutely loved, and I play it on for him, and his face would light up, and that was Macklemore downtown, and he is rapping about moped, you know, <laughs> it's one of the best songs. It I've doesn't ever have to be a certain way. It's it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Like I said, people take so many approaches. There, there was one like Shuffle T, the guy who's rapping um, in the main event. Um, he went up against a guy who was a vegan. And um, that's actually not relevant to the story. I don't even know why that mentioned that. But um, he went against he went up against this guy anyway. And his entire second round was him having a conversation with a guy in Starbucks. He was reciting a conversation he had with a guy in Starbucks about the rap battle he was doing, and it was just so clever. And the guy was trying to remind him of who the guy he was battling was, and basically making that that he had no idea who he was. But the the, the way he approached it was that he was having a conversation with someone, and then at the end he was like. He turned around. It's like, do you realize that everything you just said is rhyming? As if he's saying it to the guy. And it's just—it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. But that, that's what I mean. It's like so many people take different approaches. Have you ever Mark met- Riss, the guy who the school teacher went against um, Blizzard? Um, his second round, he spoke to the camera as if he was speaking to Blizzard's mum. As a school teacher, nice. as a school teacher, so the whole thing kind of just made sense. It just, it was completely like fourth wall breaking, but you immediately accepted it because he was a school teacher, and it's as he's talking about. And that would inspire that would inspire a lot of people is to hear a teacher knowing that you know not every, not every teacher is boring and all sort of no, no teachers boring by the way they inspire young people. But you know that kind of like I said, the language is absolutely appalling. But if if you if you want to know what they kind of do, check that out because. What? Well, I mean, I always feel that there's something about I, I steal this from Kevin Smith because I, I heard it the first time and I thought it was the most brilliantly well said thing about curse words and that there is no such thing as a bad word. There's only bad intentions. So if these people are saying these things and they're using it as like uh, a way to help their narrative, then it shouldn't be a bad thing. But if you if you're saying like, you know, oh, F you. In a, in a negative way, yeah, that's that's a bad word at that point because you're trying to put some negativity towards somebody. But they also got to remember it's a show. That's part of it. So there might be a little bit of that, but it, it all depends how sensitive you might be, right? I mean, there's some children that I meet that I'm like, oh, you could handle a lot more than others. My daughter, I let her watch certain horror films based on what I feel that she can handle. And I feel that parents should be doing the same thing. Because so, I bet you there's a couple of parents out there that might – want to do something more with the kids and this might be that type of thing right a little bit of that common I mean, bonding ground I of mean, hearing I, something that is part poetry and part <laughs> i mean i wouldn't necessarily call myself like a pg artist by any means but um 
I actually love the fact that there are banned words. I love the fact that there are words that you can't say. Yeah. Because it gives them a lot of power. And that's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm not saying, like, that anyone should, like, try and, like, swear words are all right. I'm going to continue using swear words. Shakespeare swore. Shakespeare. I don't necessarily do it in a conversation <laughs> setting, but in, in, in a performance setting, especially a rap ball, that like, hell, yeah, I'm going to swear. Like, it's it's going to be one of those things. And it's not necessarily because I have a limited vocabulary. That's not yeah. the case in Slayers. Yeah. But there's a lot of power in those words. And it's not a case that you should teach your kids not to swear. You should teach your kids when to swear. Context. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Because the thing is, if you're someone who, you know, you know, F this, F that, and, you know, swearing all the time, then when you do actually have a scenario when you need to use it, it's got no power to it whatsoever and no yeah. one's going to be atta- yeah. paying attention. If you're someone who never swears and then suddenly you're met with a scenario that, you know, really riles you up and gets you angry and you turn around and you suddenly swear for like the first time in forever, people are going to just turn their heads and pay attention. There's a lot of power in that. Yeah, it's all about language and communication. And you know what? Like these kind of events are, I've, you know, if you've ever seen someone that's, almost a complete introvert someone that someone that doesn't really talk to people that doesn't really light up with emotions that mm. someone that kind of just floats around in life and they take something like this and they they own it on stage and they become a completely pers- different persona and it, it turn they go from this this almost bumbling kind of guy to to almost a god on stage it's so inspiring it, it's it's empowering i mean there's a journey with everything um uh, you see it time and time and again the amount of um artists that like you know like they could be like the most kind of plain kind of bland kind of vanilla kind of like looking people in the world and then suddenly they get popular in music and everything and then suddenly they're whacking out the tattoos and they're kind of becoming the persona that they kind of always were in the first place they knew they were that person they could see it in their head but they didn't have the confidence to get themselves there and sometimes it just takes that little pop to, for them to get there. So you, it, it's it's awesome, like going back through through time and seeing like somebody's first first film that they did, or the first song that they did, or the first rap battle that they did. Like it's it's one of those things. Like it's all a journey, and it's it's about like I said, adopting that role. It's not necessarily. Yeah, I feel like you've you've got. I mean, it's bad language, but it's not that bad. But I feel like you've almost got to suck for a little bit before you realize which direction. Like with. Um, with X Factor and all these things, Dave Grohl very famously said, you shouldn't be treated as a star straight away. You should grab some equipment, go into a garage with your mates and suck for a bit. Learn <laughs> yeah. learn how to play these instruments and learn how to gel with a band or learn how to how to spit bars and write lyrics and things like that, so you can progress, you know? Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, the first time I ever played music, like I'd literally, I was 18 and I'd been playing for about six months and I was playing in my bedroom. And I thought, oh God, yeah, I'm really good. Yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> like, and I, I think I went to an, I went to my first open mic night and I, I tried to play, uh, I think it was Nothing Else Matters by Metallica. Yeah. And I was nervous. My leg would not stop shaking. I had a bit of sweat coming down me. I kept starting and stopping and like I was really nervous and I was mumbling and I kept getting the chords wrong and it, it, it annoyed me that much that I went back and did it time and time again. I think that's the wall that you hit. If you care about it enough that you can get past that first bit because you, you're going to fail. It doesn't matter what you step into. If you're a novice and you have no experience, you're going to fail. No one gets perfect every time. But it only takes one time for you to get it right. You get it right that one time, that's it. It doesn't. It's not about the failures. It's about the successes. Exactly. It, Progression. And it's not like a tally. It only takes one success. You could have a hundred failures and one success. I mean, how many gigs did like Ed Sheeran do before he even was even noticed? You know. What oh, I mean? that guy's beautiful. I bet the first moment he picked up a guitar, he sounded amazing. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
um, yeah, this is great. I mean, let's let's talk about uh, where it is again and when it is, because I think it's really important. If if you've never been to a rap battle, which you know this from the, from the sounds of this, it's not like something that's happened in Shrewsbury very often. Um, I don't think it's ever happened in Shrewsbury. Uh, well, try it, guys. Uh, if you are inspired by this sort of thing, by, by this music, and go and listen to it, go and watch it. Uh, you know, you might you might find a, a connection there. Um, it's at the uh, at the the butter market in in Shrewsbury, and it's on Friday the fifteenth of March. And um, like you said, uh, the tickets you can get for about fifteen pound online. Fifteen pound online. Uh, like I said, if you can find if you find or know any of the um, artists involved, they do have five pound tickets left. Uh, some of them do. Uh, I don't, but uh, some people do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, otherwise, it's going to be twenty pound on the door. But to be honest, even if you don't like rap music, this this is so unique rap battles are so unique i can't express how much of a unique form of entertainment it is and like i said like a lot of people watch eight mile they always talk about the rap battles because that's a fun bit there's a lot of rap music in that yeah but they don't talk about the rap music they talk about the rap battle eight mile is one of those films that uh, i kind of have to watch every year you know it's one of those things it's almost like it's almost like rocky isn't it you know you kind of you build up to the fight you build up to the fight you build up to the fight and then you 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 hear you see it and it kind of inspires you um, and you know, if you've never seen Eight Mile, if you've never seen Rap Battles, it's or a anything. battle of wits. It's two guys going up against each other, and, and there's a clever, conf- and there's a confirmed winner and a confirmed loser. So, like, what what else is there to say? I mean, yeah. it's it's two egos clashing with each other. It's beautiful. Well, don't flop. I hope we've represented you well on this on this podcast. Um, I, I'm a big um, supporter of creativity and going out there, whatever it is you do. Um, like I said, this is the first time we've ever talked about this on the show, but I'm really happy that we're we're doing it. First of all, um, is there anything else you want to plug at the moment? Is there anything else that you're doing after this or before this? No, just like I said, just check out everything that we're doing. We've got Trademark Blood, who's uh, going to be playing a set at the start. Um, the guy, Peace Soldier, he's going to be promoting music with Lefty at the end of the night. You guys should check that out. Don't check it out too much, though, because I'm going to kick his butt early in the <laughs> night. Um, <laughs> like I said, just check out everybody involved, because a lot of the, I mean, I'm just going in to do rap battles. I'm, not, I'm probably one of the... I'm probably a bit of a wild card because pretty much every other battler in the, in the uh, whole night is either plugging their music or trying to plug what they're doing um, mm-hmm. a, as an artist um, in rap music. I do not have rap music on the chain. I do not have, or even trying to plug any rap music. I'm a solo musician. I, I'm quite happy with the living I'm making. I'm not trying to plug anything that I'm doing. I'm going in to entertain. I'm going in to Fantastic, try to fantastic, great. So if you do want to get involved or anything, check out those guys. Check out their music because they're all struggling artists and they're all trying to get their stuff out, man. Okay, then the question I'm going to ask you, and then I'm going to weirdly ask my my American counterpart, but what does Shrewsbury mean to you? What does Shrewsbury mean to me? It's home, man. But I don't know. No, that's that's too cheesy. What does Shrewsbury mean to me? Shrewsbury is music for me. Yeah? There is a lot of talent around here. There's a lot of kids. It's a great scene. There's so much going on. Every single night of the week, there's music in this town. Uh, you just got to find where to do it. And if there's anybody who, who does music and they play in their bedrooms at home, look for it. I run an open mind night myself. There's several other people around town that do their own. I'm not in competition with them. We all work together and we all bring them up. So and that, uh, every time uh, every time we talk about this on the show, there's that, there's that thing that we do in this town where everybody works together. It's a community, and that's it. It's, it's, it's something that, that's the reason that every other town in the UK is dying. You, you see, I mean, we've still got shops closing down, but we've still got a community. Mm. A lot of other places have lost their communities, man, but like Shrewsbury, we've always got it, and we're not We've got shops that are on that cop there that have been there for hundreds exactly. of years. You know, exactly. it's, it's amazing to see, and it's probably because of how well they link with the community. Uh, that's brilliant. Home, uh, communication, and music. That's that's really good. Uh, Tom. <laughs> yes. What, what does Shrewsbury mean to you? 
Um, Shrewsbury, and please don't shut this off as soon as you hear this. Shrewsbury means nothing to me, but what Shrewsbury represents <laughs> to me, um, Shrewsbury represents a apparently a flowering community of artists and people that want to be heard and people that want to do something different um, with their lives. And because there's so much out there between you and Charlie Adlard and, and Shane and, and Alex and everybody that just wants to do something. And it just happens to be being done in this community that's hundreds of years old with all this amazingly beautiful history with all these beautiful buildings. Every time that Alex goes on a walk or something, if I catch him, he'll flip around the camera and he'll show me where he's going. And I, I find myself to be insanely jealous. I'm like, man, it's so pretty. I'm also insanely jealous because it's warmer over there than it is over here. But <laughs> like, you know, that's, that's neither here nor there, but I, I'm a big fan of history as well. I'm a huge fan of history. And if you show me a building that has you like, Oh, these rocks were done 300 years ago by the church and blah, blah, that I just eat that right up. I'm like, Oh, tell me more about history, please. So what it represents to me back to that word is hope, hope for small communities to be more. Um, what's the exact word I'm looking for? It's, it's hope for a community that, that, I essentially hope for the fact that there's still communities like yours out there, I guess is the best way to put it, that every community could be more, a little bit more like Shrewsbury. Oh, that's beautiful. Very poetic. I really do appreciate I love it. that. Yeah. And that's, that's real. That's true. To be honest, you know, yeah. I, I've been driving before and, um, I, he's been on, he's been on my phone, uh, on before I started driving. And so what I've done, so it's not, I'm not talking to him, not paying attention to him, as I flip the camera around mm. so he can see me driving around Shrewsbury. And he sits and watches me driving around. <laughs> and he, honestly, it's happened a couple of Technology. times. And he's loved it, you know. He he really does it so he can go in the carpool lane. So he can be like, yeah, I got extra passengers. We're going somewhere. <laughs> and then he's like, where, where are these people? And you're like, right here. It's my American friend. He's not really here, here, but he's here with me in spirit. <laughs> driving, <laughs> driving up uh, Castle Hill like in the bus lane. I'm a bus now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Passengers Start pulling up. Start exactly start charging people. Be like, don't worry, it's all good. It's just a couple quid. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll you, get you where you're going. Thank you so much, uh, Chris. Uh, Chris B, for coming thank on. Thank you for having me. Man. It's been really good. Uh, you know, this is what I love about this show. By the way, this 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 Shrewsbury biscuit thing has been an amazing journey already. Because I went for a coffee with my wife and my kid, started talking to you, and here we are. We're yeah, talking. That's it. Um, and we'll, we'll carry on talking. I'll see you at the rap battles. That's how life happens, man. You just gotta let. You just gotta roll with it. Yeah? yeah. Uh, well, I'd love to have you on again. If you're ever promoting anything, you need a hand, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll help you out. So I appreciate that very much. Thank well, you very thank much. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tom, my American counterpart, for coming on um, and helping us out with this. Uh, you guys, you know what? I'm glad I brought you on because you connected with your, your Canadian rappers. I want to hang out with this guy, man. I mean, <laughs> Oh, thank you. I see. That's the problem, right? I mean, if it wasn't just so much money, I'd be hanging out with you guys right this second. But planes cost money, apparently. Hey, hey, oh, I don't know. Whose idea on? was that? What's going on here? What's go? I don't understand this. What's going on? What? What's going on? Like this is. Yeah. Well, he finds that every time he takes somebody over his house, all of a sudden he starts getting along with me, and I'm like, oh, I like you too. And then he's like, <laughs> you know, Alex would message you, hey man, the rap out, you you won't get back to him. He'll see that you saw his message, but he won't get back to him right away. And you're like, you're talking to Tom, aren't you? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Apart from the time when we had Charlie Adlard around my house and we were interviewed him, Charlie Adlard, man. Yeah, cool. he came out here. We did it. It was for. for 
for a different show. And we're going to get full naming everyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, he totally is. But this... he's earned it though. He's earned... the amount of people that he's got to come on a grassroots hey, podcast is, is, is outstanding. If you, when Alex first asked me to come on and start doing the show for me, he never once said anything about celebrities ever. There wasn't. Even, it was, hey man, come on the show, talk about comedy type stuff with me. Well, you know, you know about movies, you know about comic books, you know, you, you're funny. Um, and I was like, cool. He didn't pitch it to me when I like I talked to him. He just said he had a podcast. It's like like you never you never told me he had all these celebrities or anything coming on. So that's cool. Um, no, well he didn't. Well, that was the thing though. Was literally I joined on, and then two weeks later he's like, oh, by the way, we're having our first celebrity come on, and I'm like, what? We're we're doing what now with who? <laughs> and since then it's been bigger and better people just constantly. It's it's amazing how many people just say yes, which is the greatest thing ever right? that's the way it should be if you respect somebody you like what they're putting out there in the in the stratosphere of, of uh entertainment and they want to they people would want to hear that but not everybody wants to actually take part and kind of give back from that people forget this is that without us they wouldn't be them mm -hmm. so it, it's it's but now that we're having all these people come on it's just like oh wow we got that that person said yes really <laughs> <laughs> but yes yeah, so i do hope to get uh charlie and shane as well i want to get them both on i know we had spoke to shane but we're going to be uh getting involved a lot with comic salopia because i think it's going to be an amazing oh, man, i can't wait man i can't wait this is going to be it's going to be big it's going to be one of the biggest things uh to happen to Shrewsby, I think, for a while. Well, anyway, guys, thank you very much. Um, it's been an absolute blast. And, guys, I hope you enjoyed this this uh, different version of the show. I mean, we've been talking about Darwin for the last uh, two or three weeks, and now we're talking about rap battles, you know? It's, it, this is this is what I want to do with this show. I want to venture different uh, alleyways and go down different paths, and, and this is this is exactly what I'm after, is that creative spark, you know? So thank you very much for bringing that to it's me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Cheers.